Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Breakdown with the American Legislative Exchange Council. I'm Lars Daleside, and with me today is our Education and Workforce Development Task Force Director, Andrew Handel. Andrew, welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks, Lars. And we're going to be looking a little bit at what we have in store for 2024 with our essential policy solutions as it pertains to the Education and Workforce Development Task Force. Mm -hmm. So, what do we have in store for 2024 when we're looking at workforce development and education? Yeah, well, you know, definitely the biggest thing is this continuing trend of maximizing education freedom across the states. Um, we had a huge 2023. Uh, we had a number of different states not just pass new education freedom account programs, which allow parents to spend uh, state education dollars in the best manner for their child, um, but creating these programs for every single student in the state, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, household income. Um, so we were really excited to see that, and we think there's going to be uh, continuing momentum there in 2024 for sure. We're, we're hoping to see a couple more states uh, join that bandwagon as well. Well, so. do we have a few that we believe are on the horizon, something that's about to hit? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of talk in Louisiana. Um, they've got a new Republican governor who was just elected there. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of hope, cautious optimism uh, about a, a universal education freedom account program there. Um, you know, we've seen a number of other states that are having those discussions too: Idaho, Wyoming, um, just to name a few. So, uh, you know, we're we're really excited for it. We think 2024 is going to be a big year. Well, what seems to be the major stumbling block when we're looking at some of these legislation when it comes to these education savings accounts? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's um, you know, there, there's a few that we, you know, common issues that we see in in different states. Probably the biggest is the opposition in rural areas. Um, you know, there's uh, rural families, rural lawmakers will often say. Well, the public school is the only option in my district. There are no private schools. There are no other options. So why should I support you know, legislation like this? And, uh, you know, th there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, the biggest is that programs like these education freedom accounts create more competition in the marketplace for education. Um, so what we actually see is the number of private schools that are available uh, increases pretty significantly over time. I mean, there was just a paper done on this in Florida that showed the number of private schools doubling since the state first got their uh, their ESA program in place. So, um, so, you know, it's about creating that competition and encouraging those public schools to you know, be the best that they can be for as many students as possible. And then on the workforce development side, you know, what are we seeing? Where are we focused on in there for 2024? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of uh, emphasis uh, from our public sector members on you know creating new pathways to career and technical schools uh, is is probably the biggest one. Um, you know, there's across the nation, no matter what state you're in, there's all of these skilled workforce areas like mechanics and welders, and these employers just can't find enough applicants or qualified applicants rather to fill these roles. Um, so there's definitely a push among legislators to you know, uh, make sure that high schoolers are aware of these other post-secondary options and uh, to offer more pathways towards these, uh, these certifications and, and help those employers fill those roles. And I would say that's also probably true for those who are looking at a second or third degree possibly. I have a, an old friend from high school that about five years ago uh, went through and got his welding certificate. Mm -hmm. You know, what he was doing in the white collar world wasn't working for him and he wanted to do something a bit more hands-on. It's what he pitter, puttered around with uh, in the workshop and he went through and 
got licensed and now mm-hmm. he's off doing that is incredibly happy with the results. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're hitting on a, another big area, which is um, adult learning. You know, because there's plenty of folks like your friend there who, um, you know, they get into one career and then they find out, you know, it might be 10 years later, 20 years later, um, it's just not working for them anymore and they want to get into something else. So, um, you know, that's, you know, there's a couple of schools. I know Western Governors University is, is a great example of a school that uh, does a lot of work with, uh, with adult learners and, uh, you know, kind of shifting those programs so that obviously people still have day jobs and they still have to earn a paycheck. So, you know, helping to create the program so that it can fit their flexible schedule. Um, you know, they can take night classes online or whatever they need to do. Um, but, you know, certainly uh, programs like that and legislation that allows for flexibility in obtaining these certifications is really key. So the education freedom accounts, uh, we're looking at the career and the technical side of things for some folks. And then the adult learning as well. Those are the main focuses that we're looking for, the education and workforce development task force this year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if I could just throw one more thing in there, um, I would sure. say campus free speech is going to be a big topic too, um, especially in light of uh, everything going on in the Middle East. And we've seen protests on college campuses that have been getting a lot of national attention. We just had the congressional hearing where a couple of Ivy League uh, presidents uh, did not do well in that hearing, to say the least, um, refusing to condemn anti-Semitism and, and those protests happening on their campuses. So, um, you know, Alex got some really good model policy, the Forming Open and Robust University Minds Act, or Forum Act for short. Uh, the Free Speech, uh, Free Speech in Higher Education Act is our second one. And we might be taking a look at a third one um, that kind of looks to deal with, you know, these, these new issues that we're seeing crop up, um, you know, making sure that students still have the ability to speak freely on campus, but also making sure that they're not intimidating other students or scaring other students uh, from expressing those same First Amendment rights. So that'll be a really key thing moving forward. All right, Andrew Handel, Alex Education and Workforce Development Task Force Director. Thank you for coming on and sharing that information with us for what we're looking for in 2024. And we'll be back with you again soon for another breakdown.